Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with writer, director, producer Jonathan Jakubowicz, and he is here today to talk about his new film, Resistance, which is uh, would have been opening uh, live across North America and around the world in movie theaters, but is now available on iTunes and Prime and in a variety of different places. It's called Resistance. It's a film you're going to want to see. It's about World War II, and more importantly, though, it's... Um, it's about the art of silence. How's that? It's about Marcel Marceau and the great mime who was also very much a part of the French resistance during World War II, uh, pushing back against the Nazis in a variety of different ways. And, and this is a beautiful, compelling, and important film. You, you need to see this for a variety of reasons. And, and uh, uh, there are a few scenes that are, you know, as I often want to say, uh, worth the price of admission. Just never mind the film as a, as a whole, as a, as a piece, but as a story. But but a couple of moments with Jesse Eisenberg's characters, especially where he connects in a way not only with the people that he's working with in the film, but also with the audience. So I hope you uh, are going to get to a theater near you, which I'm assuming is either your living room or your basement. Get some popcorn, whatever it is you do when you watch a film, and check this one out. It's called Resistance. And coming right up, this interview with Jonathan. Jonathan, I touch on uh, the problem of evil. We talk about mime and the art of silence and about pushing back and, and what real resistance actually is. And during this COVID crisis, we talk about the the inspiration you know that can be found found in a film like this and how important these kinds of moments are for us, not only as individuals, but, you know, as, as communities and as the globe, as human beings, really. We talk about neighbors on getting very practical and connecting with people that we've never even met before as a result of, 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 of what's going on currently around the world. And, and we talk about the film and about how important it really is to create art and how important it is to make the invisible visible. And we all have ways of doing that. We all have ways of stepping into it. This is a film about pushing back and it's a film that is 
is so relevant in so many meaningful ways. You're you're gonna well, I hope you're gonna enjoy the conversation, but but I I, I know you're gonna enjoy the film. So make sure you step into that as soon as you possibly can. And um, don't forget davidpacklive.com for more information about my speaking and my writing. You can purchase a copy of Real Changes Incremental there. I would really appreciate it if you did that. Also, I uh, would love for you to leave a review uh, of uh, on iTunes for Face to Face. I'm trying to collect those and actually going to create a contest in the very near future as well around that. But uh, stay tuned. But please do, if you get a chance, leave a review on iTunes uh, for Face to Face. And if you want to support the work we do, you can do that through Patreon and and if you can't afford to do that, I totally get that. Uh, don't forget, you can also advertise with us. We have a newsletter uh, that we send out monthly. We have a database. You uh, can advertise through banner ads and shout-outs during interviews. And there's a variety of ways of, of, of coming on board and getting involved. So thanks for your time and thanks for listening. And don't forget rabble.ca. I also appear there. It's a platform where you can find uh, not only face-to-face, but a whole host of other uh, interviews and podcasters and, and, and bloggers, journalists, news for the rest of us. That's on Rabble. And uh, coming right up, jo- Jonathan Jakubowicz talking about his new film, Resistance. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today. Uh, we have with us John o- Jonathan Jakubowicz is here to talk about his new film, Resistance. I'm excited to have him on Face to Face. And why don't we just start with a greeting? Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me and, and hi to all your audience. Yes, thanks. And and we find ourselves, I guess, uh, I don't know about quarantined, but certainly isolated. I'm I'm here just not too far out of uh, Toronto, and uh, my understanding is you're in Los Angeles. How how are things there? I mean, what's what? I mean, obviously reading the news every day, and frankly, reading too much news. I don't know about you, but what uh, what's it like where you're at, uh, COVID wise? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously tough, you know. I, I do think it's a little less tough in, in L.A. because you we, it's not so dense of a city, so everybody is usually in quarantine anyway. People want, right. <laughs> everybody is in their bubble, in their cars, and, and in between home and jobs. But, yeah, I mean, you do see everything empty, and it's, it's kind of surreal, you know. It, it's a very strange moment, and... You know, I, I I don't I don't know if anybody could have imagined what we are all going through, and and I I'm in shock. You know, I mean it, it's it's very it's very difficult. I mean I've been working for for three years on a movie on World War Two, and and it's about these civilians who decide to you know put everything in, aside and risk their lives to save the life of innocent children and. And to see the world as it is right now, basically s- stop and stopping and and hoping for civilian doctors to save us, and it, it's really moving, and it's it's really amazing when you see all this military might and all these tanks sometimes moving into cities as if they could shoot a virus. You know, I mean, right? Not, there's nothing a military can do right now; only help doctors you know there's you cannot nuke the virus and and i feel in a way the the message of the movie resonates with with the message of this whole horrifying experience that we're living right now which at the end of the day we we are biological beings and when when hatred is is a threat and 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 there is at the end of the day the possibility of extermination 
we we only have civilians, we only have humans to help us. And and I think it's it's a movie that can be very inspiring for this moment because it it was a much worse situation what they went through not so long ago. And they they rose to the occasion and and I always intended it as an inspiring story and and the fact that it's being released in a moment where humanity needs more inspiration than ever at least in our lifetime um i think it's it really is a a a strange coincidence that i am you know i have to be grateful for and i and i hope it helps people you know go through what we're going through stop and stopping and and hoping for civilian doctors to save us and it, it's really moving and it's it's really amazing when you see all this military might and all these tanks sometimes moving into cities as if they could shoot a virus you know i mean there, there's nothing a military can do right now only help doctors you know there's you cannot nuke the virus and and I feel in a way the the message of the movie resonates with with the message of this whole horrifying experience that we're living right now. Which at the end of the day, we we are biological beings, and when when hatred is is a threat, and 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 there is at the end of the day the possibility of extermination, we we only have civilians, we only have humans to help us, and and. I think it's it's a movie that can be very inspiring for this moment because it it was a much worse situation what they went through not so long ago and they they rose to the occasion and and I always intended it as an inspiring story and and the fact that it's being released in a moment where humanity needs more inspiration than ever at least in our lifetime um, I think it's it really is a, a, a strange coincidence that I am you know I have to be grateful for and I and I hope it helps people you know go through what we're going through. Well, I mean, yeah, all very well said, and I think a beautiful introduction to the film. And by the way, congratulations. The film is called Resistance. For those of you who haven't uh, uh, heard of it, and, and uh, you're going to be able to see a trailer uh, on the website on Face to Face. And and as far as I know, Jonathan, the film's coming out on iTunes on uh, March 31st, and I'm pretty sure we'll be publishing the interview that day. So I wish you well with that and the release digitally and, and on demand and so on. And, and I hope, honestly, congratulations on the film. I hope everyone sees it. It's, it, it's compelling. It's it's harrowing at times. And and I think you're, you're bang on. I think it's very inspirational. I mean, even, I mean, so much of it is inspirational and lots to talk about, but I love that last sequence or near sort of, not last sequence, but sort of near the end of the film on the train, which is a crazy crazy experience with the children and the nazis and barbie and so on and the old man turns and says you know would you just leave them alone and 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 because because i'm an old man and i know good kids when i see them and i just thought that was such a beautiful beautiful human moment and and a real invitation for us all to kind of step in and pay attention to each other and to our neighbors is it is that is that a little too idealistic or what do you think um, I don't. I don't think it's idealistic. You know, when when you all when you look at the stories of the war, 
there there were many instances where people put their own lives in 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 the line to help strangers and and my own family i mean i i just showed the movie to my aunt who whose story um partly inspired the story of the girl that marcel has the biggest relationship with in the movie my aunt survived the war in a in a catholic orphanage just like you see the girl in the movie and, right and you know aside from remembering the the crimes and the extermination she has always made a case um, to instill in me the notion that there were many who helped and they, that many of those who survived, survived thanks to those who helped, including her. You know, she was taken in an orphanage, then she was adopted by a family, and um, she, she wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for people who had no interest in, in help and no personal interest and nothing to gain personally from helping a little girl but they did it because it was the right thing to do and i don't think it i don't think that it's too idealistic to think that humans can be good um in in the in the right moment there's there's definitely evil in the world and 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 i i think you know the the key and and this is something marcel said when he was received when he, he was awarded with the wallenberg medal medal of honor the key is to make sure that the good people are always the majority. And, and, mm. and I, I think that's really the, the way I see the world. And I think now that we have an enemy that is not a person and it's, it's not even a, a living being, it's the virus, you know, it's a, it's a good moment to see that at the end of the day, we, we, we only have each other and, and we, we can count on that because that's that's what what's happening right now. So I love the fact I love the the paradox of uh, you know telling telling this story through through somebody who went who who became the world's greatest mime Marcel Marceau, you know working with uh, what what is it called the art of silence yeah. And so here is this guy, and I mean, you must have had that. Jesse Eisenberg is is play, plays uh, Marcel. I'd love to hear about that experience too. By the way, working with somebody like Jesse on this film, uh, he obviously speaks a fair bit in the film, and we see him doing some mime and a beautiful, several beautiful sequences. But uh, I'd love to love for you to talk a little bit about that that paradox, that juxtaposition of there. Here's this guy supposedly uh, about you know mime and being silent, and yet fighting back like i mean this by the way the scene with the 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 variety acts in the square and the uh, i'm not going to give it away but the 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 yeah the way they push back is just it's really quite quite remarkable yeah i think you know there is nothing nothing more unexpected when you think of a war hero than a mime you know? <laughs> I know, I know, it's just, that's not, not what, 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 what first comes to mind, right? Yeah. And, and that's why I thought it was fascinating from the second I heard about the story. It's, it's the opposite of, of the traditional war hero. And, and that's why I had General Patton introduce him because he, the, the, the notion that General Patton of all people admires a mime, you know, is, is so unique. And, and I, I, I think it's part of what's, what's special about this story it's it's this guy who is not trained for the for this is not even interested in this he doesn't know what he's doing he has no plan 
but yes, yet he has this humanity and these tools that he, you know, uses for art, but suddenly become helpful to save innocent children. And, and, right. and, the, and the notion that he finds his art through this process, I think it's, it's what's so special about the movie as well, because he, we often see the obstacles in our life as, as those things that are stopping us from becoming who we want to become. And, and Marcel clearly sees that at the beginning of the movie, the war is, is stopping him from becoming the great artist he wants to become. But in the end, it is this experience that changes him and that turns him into the artist he wants to become and help him, helps him fulfill his destiny. There was a, a moment when we when we shot the first pantomime you see in the movie when when Jesse's performing for the children. He came to me after we shot and he told me, I think I just understood why it was so important for Marcel to go through this experience. And you know, Jesse at that point had been miming for seven, eight months, and but this was the first time he did it in front of the children. And he told me, I I up until now. I've been focusing on the mining, but in this scene, I was focusing on making them laugh. And the moment you realize that your art is not to fulfill yourself, but it is to fulfill your audience, you become a real artist. And, and from, I have to say, Jesse was, was never as good as he was in the scene before that scene. And, and it really was because he was, reacting to their laughter and the kids were laughing at what he was doing and that made him happy and then he got inspired and he started trying different things that we didn't even rehearse and then they worked and it was it was a beautiful thing and i think it's the essence of of of, of art in general but but of marceau in particular he was able to always get the audience to wherever he wanted because he he was focused on them so Jonathan, tell me, you know, so, so focusing on the audience is important as an artist. You, you talk about Jesse and how he had that revelation. And I mean, that's uh, I mean, what a cool moment that must've been for him rehearsing for seven to eight months as this, uh, this mime, this new craft that he was working on. And then to actually connect with these kids. And, and I mean, really, I mean, it, isn't it a comment about art and relationship, relationship to your audience, but relationship to others. I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. It must've been a really wonderful moment for Jesse, but but also you as a writer, director, producer, how does that relate to the work that you do? Well, it's, it's very special when, when you, I mean, what I, one of the things I love the most about directing is, is collaborating because mm. it, the, there is a sense of um, authorship when you do a film, but the, the truth is there is so many people that are involved in, in the, the same creation and, and the relationship I have with my actors is usually very close. And uh, I tend to feel that there is a certain point in which the actors take over a character and know the character better than I do. <laughs> right. In, in a way they almost direct themselves. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that they direct themselves. It's that I start directing the character instead mm. of the actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fascinating. The, the actor has already embraced 
the 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 role and the person who I wrote and the person we've been working on, and now he is that person. And if I am directing, it's it's between the boundaries of that person and where I think that person can go. But there is they they start giving me insight about the character that you know I I never had, and I think that's when you know that what you're what you created or, or what you were creating is making sense. You know, the, the worst thing is when an actor comes to you in the middle of a scene and tells you, I don't think I would do that. You know, I, I, I don't see why I would say that. I mean, that that's very, that's, that's always the biggest challenge as a writer director, because the, the worst thing you can do then is impose it. It's like, okay, well, that's what's written. That's what we got to do. You know, it's you have to listen to them, you know, because if they're saying that they've been inhabiting this body and this mind for, for months or weeks, and there's always a point when they say that, and, and there's always a conversation to be had about it. And and I always did it, and, and I really love doing that with actors. And I, I do think of the audience constantly, and I think that is the vantage point that you have as a director, that they may know the character at that point better than you, but you also you have the, 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 the mind of the audience as a priority. You know, what does the audience know about this character? You know, and, and, and it's always a balance to... To, to sustain is what what does the audience know about Marcel at this point that Marcel may know about himself or Jesse may know about Marcel, but the audience doesn't. So it, it, it's a very exciting, but also very mental exercise. And and I think, you know, one of that moment when Jesse told me that is, is pure artistic bliss because you feel that, <laughs> right. you know, you, you ha you're doing something that, that the, the whole point of the story um, was just revealed mm -hmm. in the very essence of making it. You know, it's not that we 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 wrote it and we knew that the kids affected Marcel, and that's the whole point of the story. But understanding why and and how and experiencing it by the very act of performing it. In, in the case of Jesse, I think it's as pure as it gets for for making movies, and and I was you know really really thrilled. And I see it when I see the scene, and and when I see how people are reacting right now to the scene, um, uh, the the movie already opened in in the United States, and I, I'm starting to get incredibly beautiful letters from from the audience and. And a lot of people mentioned that scene in particular when right. when performs for the kids for the first time. And you know, there is there's great acting and then there's real emotion. And what Jesse's experiencing there goes beyond great acting. It's real emotion. He's genuinely excited. He's genuinely um happy that he's able to make these children laugh and and you know, there, there's when you can get get that on a on a scene, it's always, um, you know, as good as it gets. And well, isn't, really it, 
Jonathan, isn't that 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 sense of again that invisible becoming visible that that you and I talked about a little offline as well, and and that makes an appearance, no pun intended, in the film too. This sense of any great artist is trying to draw those experiences out of not only the people watching, but 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 the experience, and 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 I guess for the artists themselves as well. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 directing a movie, acting in a movie, writing a movie, it's all an, an exercise on insanity, you know? I mean, <laughs> right. you, you and really, let me guess, let me guess, you're already working on your next film. <laughs> I mean, you you always, you're, the, you're writing a scene, you're putting together a, a scenario, a situation, and then an actor is going to pretend he's that person. And everybody's right. sort of, you know, losing his mind in a way and putting at the service of of a story you know the the good actors are never acting they are inhabiting the emotions and and i you know that's in a way the definition of insanity you know you're becoming a another person and you're feeling what that other person is feeling i can't tell you how many times i work with great actors who after an emotional scene keep crying for for two minutes after we cut you know they are truly, genuinely feeling those emotions, and and I think um, that is, you know, that when when Marcel says make the invisible visible, is the the only path I I always feel is the the only um, effective path toward making the invisible visible and generally moving the audience is by making it real, by reaching reality and, and not pretending this is reality, but actually pursuing reality and getting the actors to inhabit that place. I mean, I often try to shoot on location. I, I often, you know, if it's a if it's cold, it's cold, you know, embrace the cold. And, and some, some of the actors sometimes are shaking with cold in the scene, but that, you know, always helps them. And and I and they they're all actors are willing to to go for it because the, there's nothing worse than acting in a soundstage, you know, and, right. and all yeah. you see detached that stuff. And a lot of these actors that that I've worked with um, have done like massive studio movies and they constantly tell me how much more exciting it is to do a film with a limited budget where you are really rushing to get the scene and and really making sure every moment you have of the day is spent in performance and getting the scene and and not just you know lighting a massive sound stage and and you I know, know I Jonathan do. I don't know if you've seen uh, Terrence Malick's new film A Hidden Life but it definitely shares some similarities to your film and this whole idea of pushing back and resisting evil but but he talks a great deal about you know just how how the actors were you know, situated in, in no sets. The set was the village. And, you know, to your point about the reality of it and being, you know, in the middle of it, very fresh, very in your face almost. Yeah, I mean, I, I also, I also, it's because I, how I started in, in my first film, Sequestro Express, none of the actors was a professional actor. You know, they were, they were real kids from the street and, and I also did it in Hands of Stone, where where the the kid who plays Roberto Duran when he's a kid was a kid from the street, and and a lot of the kids in Resistance are not actors, you know. Mm. They were kids I recruited from the Jewish high school in Prague, and 
and I I think I mean it, it's something I I also heard from from Robert De Niro when when we started casting Hands of Stone, um, there was this role of the Panamanian trainer that was to share the corner with De Niro, and and he himself told me what about Voodoo, the guy from Sequestro Express who, you know, when I met him, was, had never acted in his life, was a former kidnapper in real life, and he was playing a kidnapper in Sequestro Express, had no formal training as an actor, and I tell the Nero that, you know, and it is, you know, me coming from Sequestro Express, which was a tidy movie, working for the first time with Robert De Niro, and and he, he tells me, well, that, who cares? You know, neither was Joe Pesci when I met him, and we, we did mm. Raging ever acted in his life and sometimes uh people who are real are are better to get them to perform than people who are not and went to a good acting school because all they have is technique but they don't have the life experience and and it's very interesting because it, it, there is a there is a craft to acting that doesn't necessarily is the only route and it, it is sometimes a very good route and i have to say that in resistance we work with some phenomenal european actors who have done the academic route and have gone to school and you know in europe is different you know they they really have acting academies and 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 university programs to learn performance and I, I do have to say that the experience with the Europeans have been phenomenal because they they, they have tools and to, to reach the desired um, emotion and all that stuff. But sometimes, you know, the, there's, there's the other version in which the academia is not the best route and you just need to... To know, to find the the person who knows the emotion and who can get who can get there, and then all you have to do is just push them to to be disciplined and to get them there. I love the uh, I love the distinction of experience over, over over craft. I mean, obviously it's both end, and and I and I would imagine any great actor would say it's you you need to know some of the rules to break them, et cetera. But what did what did Oscar Wilde say? Ask, experience is the name we give to our mistakes. You know, it's almost like the more mistakes you make, the better writer you're going to be. You know, if you want to be a good writer then go and live life and and then you're going to have things to write about and i think i think that absolutely makes makes a makes a great deal of sense hey can i i mean we only have a few minutes left and and I, this is a big big question but the way you portray um, uh, Barbie and the Nazis and just the way you portray evil in the film is very stark and it's harrowing and it's evil and it's violent and it's in your face and 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 I just w wanted to ask you a little bit about that juxtaposition I mean here you've got this and I just think it's so beautiful again we've got this mime who's into the art of silence who who really in a sense doesn't do anything and yet you know he becomes the guy who pushes back it's just so beautiful can you talk about the that 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 decision that you must have made to say no i want i want to i want to personify evil in this way uh, through through uh, matthias's uh, portrayal of, of barbie um and yet you made him human yeah i think it's um it's an essential aspect of the film that you know there i think there's not nothing scarier than realizing that true evil is human and and because it's very easy to simply dismiss nazis as monsters but the the fact is these were human beings 
this was an entire nation that was aligned behind this ideology and um i i i am a firm believer that in order to avoid things like this happening again is to realize and that they were humans and it, it the only way to avoid this is to be vigilant of humans because these weren't aliens these weren't monsters these were people who were completely convinced of something and it I, when you spend time in Germany, and, and one of the reasons I wanted a German actor to portray Barbie is because they, they have clearly spoken to their grandparents and they have studied their history and they have a, a very particular relationship to the event. It's almost as intense as the relationship Jews have because instead of mm. that your grandparents were victims of the worst crime in history, they feel they're grandparents were perpetrators of the biggest crime in history and and that's not easy to to handle either and but what what Matias always told me from the beginning is that the the notion of a nation of Nazis where all these people thought they were heroes where the economy was going well when they with where they really thought they were better than the rest and not not no one can stop them and they they could control all of Europe and they could expand and and that the Nazis were taking care of them. It's 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 very important to convey and, and I, I thought it was an an essential part of Klaus Barbie as well. When when you read about Barbie, he had a daughter, the daughter went to his trial after he was captured and spent the whole trial saying he's innocent, he's a great father. Um, he's he was just following orders. He wasn't as important as you guys think he is. And and the the notion, her conviction till the last moment after he is you know condemned for for crimes against humanity without any doubt, is unbelievable. And I think it's very important to 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 show how far human beings can go in in the in hatred and the determination of doing harm to others that you know they dehumanize because they're not like them it's it's and, really quite remarkable you know it really comes out in, in well it comes out in many scenes in the film and matthias's portrayal is is brilliant by the way uh, but but the the sequence in the woods the commitment to following through you know to to the, the the links that this group of nazis will go to to capture these children to get to these people to kill them ultimately is just astounding right that it's that crazy. passionate sense of commitment to i guess what they believed at the time was was right and then it comes out too with his wife where he basically that scene where you know where he says you have no idea what i'm putting up with here i'm 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 trying to make our world a better place right it's yeah, it's, it's astounding the sooner I get done, the more time I'm going to be able to spend with you. With, 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 with you, with my family. Yeah, no, it's, it really is. I mean, the, the, the contrast, the juxtaposition, the, 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 the problem of evil is uh, some, some, many, I suppose, people have said there's no way to understand evil. The only thing you can do is resist it. And I think that's what's so beautiful about your film and it comes out in the title. And again, congratulations on the film. And we've got just a couple minutes and you, 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 know, you start the film with living happily ever after. Tell me 
a little bit about the hope that you must still feel, you know, we started earlier on in the conversation about, you know, your desire for this film to be an inspiration. And at the time of the crisis, we're currently finding ourselves in with COVID and so on. Um, do, do you believe we're going to live happily ever after? Do I believe it now? Yeah. I, do, do you believe it now? Do you believe it? Do, do, is it a, is it a, is it something to reach for? I think we I think we are going to to pass through this and and come out stronger. You know, I mean, it, it's a it's a very difficult moment, but it, it I think in a way is it's a moment to to unite. I mean, I, mm. I experienced it already in Los Angeles. I I've seen neighbors who have never said hi for ten years and are saying hi right. and being yep. nice. I mean, it's unbelievable, and and you know, I think um, everything happens for a reason. I think we're gonna be shocked by how horrific this epidemic is, but I also think we're going to uh, take more more care of each other afterwards. Mm. You know, most of the the health system in the civilized world was developed after the flu pandemic of the of the 20s you know there is th this moments in time is when people realize that you you do nothing by being privileged if other people have nothing and can get the epidemic and you know give it to you you know so there there is a moment in which you realize that the health of everyone is 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 important for even for selfish reasons you know if if you don't care about the others that's okay but just care about yourself and you realize that you need the others to be safe and to be healthy as well and uh, i i do think we are you know we're gonna be i don't know if happy ever after you know i, I think history is is full of of difficult situations mm -hmm there is an evolution and I think we do get better all the time and I tend to be optimistic is is one upside of having worked on a movie set in the Holocaust for the last three years everybody thought the world was going to to hell and I thought the world is actually doing well <laughs> right, right. well I think you know just to sort of bring us full circle back to the beginning of our conversation and that you know you you mentioning how you hoped that this film resistance was was going to be an inspiration not only during this time uh, but you know for 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 audiences everywhere and for 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 uh, you know in in perpetuity I guess you could say and I hope I hope everyone does get to see the film. It's a great film. It's an important film. And and, and uh, just to, to be clear, available on iTunes now uh, for rental, is it not, Jonathan? Yeah, iTunes, Apple TV, um, Amazon Prime. It's it's basically in all the platforms that, that people have access there's, to. There's, there's no excuse to not see this film right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Jonathan, thanks so much for your time today. We've been talking with Jonathan Jakubowicz uh, about his new film, Resistance, available on iTunes. Uh, check it out. Um, and I was going to say coming soon to a theater near you, but it's already at the theater near you. Yeah. <laughs> Th thanks for your time today, Jonathan. Thank you. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.